What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Team Morale Podcast, where we talk a little bit of booze, a little bit of beer, and a whole lot of basketball. It is currently 11.06 on Wednesday draft night, and this is our live reaction podcast. No editing here, no sound clips, no music, no nothing. We're just throwing this up there to... uh, to see what we can get up as quick as we can. And uh, we've got a full panel today. I'm joined by the tall guy, Mitch. We've got ladies man, Tom, and producer Jay here with us. And we're just here to talk our takes on the uh, on the draft so far and have a little bit of whiskey. Guys, what do you think? Well, let me start off. We're, let me start with the whiskey before we jump into the basketball and get carried away. So today we have Old Dominic Hewling Station, a very small batch, straight bourbon whiskey. And I went to Specs earlier today, shout out Specs. And when I was talking to the guy, he uh, recommended this for me. He said that it's only three weeks old being sold nationally. So I figured new bourbon, new blood in the NBA, might as well get started with this and uh, we'll all sip on it and we'll tell you our takes on it later. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it, it definitely hits you in the face with the whiskey. I saw Tom take a sip and there was a grimace. I took a sip, there was a grimace. I like it. <laughs> I'm about to have my first sip, so I'll give you a live reaction. Yep. Yeah. Same as everyone else. There it is. Big grimace. Jay's eyes went real wide. Yeah. And he goes, oh boy. I think saying that we're sipping this is the key word there. Sipping is definitely we will, the we will right not word be for this one. The bottle tonight. That is a. This is a hundred proof, I believe, and it is. Is it really? It is. Oh it my is god. Smooth for hundred proof, but it's still a hundred proof. Yeah, it's made. It was like first made in 1866. This brand, and they wanted to like make this specific bourbon super authentic to it. So it's a hundred proof and uh it's like 44 percent rye and which is a lot on their mash bill so it's definitely gonna have a lot of kick i like i thought it tastes a lot like menthol which great i don't know if that's a compliment or not but i kind of like it dear god (laughs) well we have a lot to get into tonight we're gonna try to squeeze as much as we can into our live podcast we cannot stress this enough we are just gonna be talking into the mic tonight not a lot of bells and whistles with this one we're just gonna give you guys some raw reaction to what what just happened to us and boy did a lot happen tonight gentlemen we have a lot to get through what are your initial takes so far on what's happening with the draft because as of right now we are still currently in the second round while we're recording this yeah i thought that like my first thought was there was a lot of movement as far as people moving up and down and like trading picks i think that there was more movement this draft especially in the last couple of drafts and uh, there was some trades that happened, but we're going to be talking a lot more about the trades later tonight. It's like really specifically draft stuff. So for me, I think the word I would use is probably chaos. The, the first three picks were pretty much what we thought they'd be, but then after that, it was just all over the place. I mean, we had no like a real sense of the order or like what was going to um, what was going to really happen tonight. I think as soon as the as the uh, Bulls picked Patrick Williams at four, just the floodgates went open and all this like crazy stuff was happening. Then a core went after that, and it just um, everything just sort of seemed to have flux from um, then on that, I thought. Yeah, the first three kind of went as expected. Yeah. And then after that, just straight anarchy. There I was seeing... no rhyme or reason to stuff happening. There were players going way too high, going way too low. And wow, we have just breaking news. Jay's Paul Reed <laughs> just got picked by the 76ers. And that is Jay's number one guy this year. Jay, talk to us about Paul Reed. All right. So Paul Reed's going to be the big sleeper that everyone is going to be wondering how they missed him at the end of the year. When we look back at this draft in five years, 
He is going to push the 76ers to a title contender and probably <laughs> a title championship. He is a great stretch four that's going to be dominant down there with uh, Joel Embiid. They're just going to knock lock it down. Uh, I'm really jealous. I was kind of hoping he'd go undraft and the Nuggets could get him. Also, um, are we sure that the Sixers have that pick at this point? Who knows anymore? Honestly, Honestly. so much moving around where it's like that's been the hardest thing is keeping track of who is actually on whose team anymore. There are no rules. <laughs> but honestly, <laughs> like no rules. that's not a bad pick for Daryl Morey if the, if that does stay um, with the same team. So yeah. the Stones ended up with our pick with the Blazers. Stones pick. got a lot of picks tonight. Stones, were, <laughs> Stones are still making moves right now, probably as we speak. Oh gosh, everything. I couldn't believe it. Every two seconds, something's happening, and everyone's kind of just trying to hang on and for this wild ride and see what's going on. But uh, let's talk about best value pick so far tonight, gentlemen. Who do you think has been the best bang for their buck tonight? So I'll probably steal it. Um, I loved Halliburton at 12. I think that's um, a lot of teams just pass on a good guy. I think he probably could have gotten anywhere from 7 to 12 and been a good fit. But I think for the Kings to get him at 12 is an awesome fit. I mean, we really have no clue what will happen with Fox or with Bogdanovich, or with Buddy Heal the next couple of years. So getting someone like Halliburton that they can have control over for the next few years is just an um, um, awesome value. He can definitely sort of learn behind Fox for the, um, the next couple of years to sort of see what happens with that. So I thought that was just a great pick. I'm going to sound a little bit like a homer here, but my big pick is RJ Hampton going to the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets did what they do best. They went for a high or a high talent guy that is probably going to develop in a couple of years. R.J. Hampton was thought of being a top 10 pick going into this year. Uh, he's got great athleticism skills, and we'll see if his jumper develops. So Tom was just whispering to me that that was one of the few picks that we actually got right from our mock draft. One of the four, I believe. Four, I'm, four for 30. I crunched the numbers. I Honestly, we were pretty good about like being in the right areas for everyone. They just kind of like fell to different teams. Is four to 30 good? I don't know. It's, it's pretty not, good. It's not it's good. good. <laughs> it is not good. Yeah, we got the first... Two picks right, my beloved Stones at seven with um, uh, Killian Hayes and then Hampton at whatever pick that was at, so I don't even know, 22 or whatever. So, actually, for for real, two of my favorite value picks here is both by the Pistons. I think Sadiq Bay going don't, all the way down to do 19. <laughs> You're being a tease. Like, you can't be nice to the Pistons. And then Killian Hayes at seven. I think that Killian Hayes is one of the few guys that actually could have star potential coming out of this draft. I, I mean, I love Killian Hayes. And then Sadiq Bay falling all the way down to 19 for you guys to grab them. I think that those are two of the better value picks. Pistons, to me, won this trade or won this draft. I think... They would have won it for sure if they hadn't taken Isaiah Stewart at 16. Yeah, I, that was so, weird. Well, no. So what I so like what I have been like been reading and hearing is that they had been like they 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 um, went to um, Aaron Neesmith's like shootout like on Saturday and they loved him and they were trying to get him so they came back for 16 but Boston just came in there a little bit early and took him away so I think they sort of like I don't know about panic but they like weren't quite sure what to do at that point so they're like yeah we'll just take Isaiah Stewart I guess. I don't know why they just didn't take um, Bay then, but oh well, I guess. I don't know. Mitch, Mitch is plowing through his whiskey, by the way, gentlemen. He's on his second class already. I kind of like it. You oh. guys might hate it. I'll, this will be my, this will be a I'm Mitchell still, bottle. I'll be sipping for a while. Yeah, I'm sipping, <laughs> I'm sipping for a hot sec here. I, I'm sipping for a while. But going back to Isaiah Stewart, I did read, I don't know exactly who it is, Tom. You might know, but one of your coaches, assistant coaches, no, GM so, had a connection so with Isaiah Stewart. So our GM was a coach with the – so he was on the Syracuse staff with the current Washington coach like ten years like ten years ago or something like that. So um, he like knows him. They had a connection. So I think he probably called around and asked about Isaiah Stewart. So that's probably the one thing. 
Yeah, that was the one pick that I thought was weird. The other two I loved. I, um, I did read that it is technically Christian Wood insurance in a way, in case he doesn't come <laughs> back, but I mean, that's still terrible insurance to have. It's, Not great. That's some penny stock insurance. It's, Let, let's flip the script a little bit here, and let's talk biggest like risk picks or biggest bust potential picks who, who do you whose picks do you not like so far so i don't hate we love this guy in our in our mock draft pod but on yekwa um, akongu to the hawks i just i don't fully get it because they're trying to win now but they got a center but they already have collins and capella i mean are, are you like is he playing lofty this year does he help you make the playoffs in a year where you're, like the gm's trying to keep his job yeah that's kind of a weird pick because they do have Capella there, and he's kind of like they just got him too. Like it's not like old. It's not yeah, Cap- it's not like they're trading Capella right yeah. now. Capella has been brought up in trade talks. A I've heard John of Collins has. John, John Collins, Collins has is for also sure. like so. Both big, both of their big men have brought up in yeah. trade in trade talks. So it might be hinting that there someone's on the move there in Atlanta, but definitely an odd pick because he he doesn't have a clear path to getting minutes right now. I mean, so uh, um, Mitch and I both raved about him last week, but still, just the fit was just odd. I, I think he's still. I mean, I still think he has a ton of upside. He could be a great player. Just I'm not sure what he's doing this year for the Hawks. I was a little bummed out when it I was, was the Hawks that took him because I do think that he has a ton of potential, and he is. You know, we I think we mentioned he's kind of Bam like, where he's going to be really versatile as a center. He kind of like fly all over the like defensive end. Uh, and so I don't love the fit with the Hawks. I kind of wish that he had gone to a team that actually would start playing him immediately. But you never know. Maybe like moving him in, he can like develop underneath Clint Capella would be a good thing for him too. If I had to guess too, I bet the Hawks were trying to get Williams or Cor when they just missed both of them. They're like, well, I guess we're taking um, a Congo now too. They definitely so went with best available. There. Yeah, they definitely went with best available at that mm-hmm. pick just because. The- you're right. They probably were going for a wing or a guard, and because it's probably too high for Vassal at six, and I mean. They had, like, I guess Abdi was there, but he's not going to do much either for the playoff push. So I guess they were just sort of stuck with um, a Congo at six there. Also, Vassell to the Spurs. That was a steal. Just, yeah. That Absolute be- steal. I just I saw that, and I was like, gosh, we get picked. Yeah, that's, he's definitely a killer. The, the Spurs a had a good guy. draft with Vassell, and then they ended up getting uh, Trey Jones. Those are two, like, is those it, are, is, yeah. yeah, those are two, like, big Spurs guys. Another pick, another guy that fell that could make an impact is Denny Avita, or Denny Abdia. Yeah. He'll put, um... For sure, be off the bench for the Wizards in their um, attempt for the eighth seed in the East this year. I guess <laughs> the one thing I'm worried about if I'm a Wizards fan is uh, back in the day they drafted another European kind of do it all guy in Jan Vessel oh, or Jan Vesely. Uh, Jan, Ron Vesely. Yeah, and oh, he was terrible. He was really bad. He was worse than Hazonia, right? Wasn't the same draft or no? <laughs> he was arguably worse no, than Hazonia. That's tough. I think, I think he's still in the league. I think he's older. Years. I think he's a little okay. older than. Uh, I'd have to do some re- a deep, deep dive research. It wasn't that far off, Vesely, yeah, but but uh, that's the one kind of like shell shock thing I'd be having if I was a Wizards fan. But I do like uh, Avdia falling as far as he did, and he kind of does fit with what they need, anyways. How do you guys feel about Patrick Williams at four? It was a. It, I mean, people were talking about how he was just raising up the uh, the draft, you know, through the last several months, and I guess it just goes to show how much a team like the Bulls fell in love with your kind of do it all big forward. And the Bulls don't really have a drastic need at any of their like starting five. I don't. Th- I, um, I don't think so. It's um. It like it's fine for them to, to sort of take a risk at, at um him at four, not really like have much to lose with that. If that makes sense. 
Yeah, it was, yeah. It was an interesting pick. I, I just know that we I had I was surprised, him, but, yeah. for sure. Another guy that we talked about a lot in our mock draft pod and another big name is Cole Anthony going at 15 to the Magic. They get another point guard. It was higher than us. We had yeah. him at 28 or 9. Yeah, <laughs> so that was, that was a definitely an interesting one. I don't know how you guys feel about that one. Bad. I mean, <laughs> I feel bad about it. <laughs> I think our... Bust. Our board here is unanimous. Bust. Um, I'll let the two Duke fans take over from here. About Jay and I call him the, the worst version of Austin Rivers. So <laughs> it'll be interesting to see um, him try and like, still mess with Fultz away, I guess. That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a weird backcourt. Yeah, Jay, read your Fultz. tweet. I know you love that tweet today. So I sent Tom this tweet before, and it <laughs> says, gold. it goes, Fitting that even Cole Anthony's NBA draft projections are going 6 to 22. <laughs> so 6 for 22. Loved it. Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 on the Cole Anthony thing, I was going to say that I think that he was one of the bigger reaches and for a guy that's going to be a bit of a weird fit for the Magic, but I also can understand where the Magic are coming from, where they're going for a boomer bust guy. Cole Anthony, at, I mean, at his peak, can be a really good basketball player, a good creator, really quick, really athletic and could take off, but I thought that it was a big-time reach for a guy who was injured and has been fairly inefficient. Yeah, he's definitely a a reach for sure. What about Puka... Oh, God. I'm Poku. Gonna, I'm going to butcher oh, this. Oh, Poku. Pokaveski. Well, let me check that one. Timberwolves, which is definitely a pick that, like... Oh, but then they traded to the Thunder. Sorry. So he's actually going to the Thunder. There are so many dang oh, trades, y'all. The guy in the end, I missed that. The Thunder yeah. wanted him. So the, the thund- Thunder ended up getting him. They so, traded up for him? That's yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the Thunder really wanted him. That was the one guy they had their eye on. And it's kind of funny because they have all these draft picks. So for like the next three years, I feel like they could always just pick one guy in the draft they want. Like five years. <laughs> and they can just trade up and it's be like, here's three first rounds so just, we can get this guy right just here. Just a lot of pick for the next couple I, of years. I could be mistaken, but I believe they have at least three first round picks for the next like five or six years like they have like 18 first round picks in the I next mean, six years Clippers, rockets crazy. it's ridiculous their own, i guess yeah it's ridiculous that how many they have but they are going to have first round picks for the ones do that the I pelicans mean, will be doing that for a po- while poku's not going to play anytime soon i don't believe for the for the thunder but he he's definitely a boomer bus guy he's a he is um a solid 190 when he's wet so he needs to put on some weight here before he gets in the nba anytime soon so he, uh, this was part of the trade that sent Ricky Rubio and yeah. then two other later first to the Thun- or to the Timberwolves. So the Thunder must have really wanted Poku. I'm gonna go with Poku. Yeah, we're gonna call him Pokusevsky is what his name is. But Poku, if we is ever talk about him again after the '90s, Poku, he is Poku, <laughs> and I think we will be talking about him because I think that he is absolutely going to be playing this year for the Thunder. This year, this year. Wow. I think that he. I think he's getting minutes from now. I think he's getting minutes. <laughs> For the worst team in the Western Conference. Oh, the th- takes. Thunder are going to be competing for the eight seed this year. I was like, yeah. Really? All right. I think they will. I think that I think that they are going to end up being last place in the West, barring the Rockets just like wholesaling their team. But they're not. Go- they don't have a great roster. If you look at their roster up and down, the roster is not very good. They are going to lose Gallo most likely. I also think that. Um, they, they like lost Donovan, who's not like a great coach, but he's not a bad coach either. And they're and just like a new system, like a new system they're trying to learn to and everything. Have they replaced him? Did they bring someone else in yet, or are they still waiting? Didn't they hire the top assistant? Did they officially do that? I wasn't sure. Quick research check. We, we probably. <laughs> yeah. You can tell how much research we do in a normal podcast. No, right. we're just winging it with this one. <laughs> but I got. I would be doing you a disservice, Mitch, if I didn't get you a, give you a chance to rave about your boy Peyton Pritchard. Going 26 to the Celtics. 
So Oregon boy. I I wanted Peyton Pritchard at 46 because I kind of thought that that's where he was going to be living. But I look, I love Peyton Pritchard. I've been watching him for a long time now, and I he has like NBA point guard kind of written all over him where he actually like he can shoot threes. I think that he's backup NBA point guard probably is where he actually lives and that's what he's going to be for the Celtics next year. Uh he's got a great handle. He was always always delivered for us in the clutch, had a really good way of getting to the rim and scoring over bigger guys and had that deep range. So he kind of like has a little bit of it all. I don't know if he's as athletic as a lot of the guys that are in this draft or his counterparts in the NBA, but I love Payne Pritchard. It was definitely a reach, but I think that's going to be a good pick for him. I, I do agree that he is a fun guy to watch. He's definitely kind of got all the aspects of the game down well. He doesn't do anything fantastic, but he's kind of well-rounded, definitely. And going back to the Thunder, they did promote their top assistant. It's Mark. I'm going to butcher this, but Dagnaltz? Dagnaltz? There's no way that diagonal? that's right. Diagonal? <laughs> you, you, tell me, the diagonal. you tell me how to say that. Diagonal sounds right. Diagonal. No, that's I will we'll figure this out. It's Mark. They Mark. promoted we'll Mark. Marky Mark. Our boy Mark. <laughs> Shout out to Mark. He inherited a terrible team. Oh, he's gonna be a terrible coach. He looks like a twelve-year-old. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a good sign. That oh, ain't wow. great. We're looking at a picture of that's him now. He's that's not guy. great. We we do have to go also. Give a shout-out to our boy Desmond Bain, our TCU guy, going the last pick of the first round. Broke my heart as a Mavs fan because we had the 31st pick, but good for him to go into the first round and getting a guaranteed contract. Grind Nation, there we go. Hope it right in there. I am really happy for Bain, first of all, getting that uh, sneaking into the first round, and that means that he gets a guaranteed deal uh, as opposed to when you're get into the second round then it's up to the team's decision as to like how long your deal is it could be one year it could be two way but getting into the first round being that even that last pick he has guaranteed himself a rookie scale contract he is going to be uh playing for memphis which i think is a really good fit for him they kind of yeah. needed shooting and they kind of needed like backup wings and like shooting guard and so he's going to fit in perfectly right there behind dylan brooks and I mean, Grayson I, Allen, I Desmond Bantz, be legendary. Grayson Allen, <laughs> I was just will not ask, play uh, over Desmond Bain. I was just going to ask Tom, does Desmond Bain steal Grayson Allen? Grayson was good team. in the bubble. People forget Grayson. He Grayson, got hot couple times Grayson in the has actually carved out a decent little role for him in Memphis as well. He definitely comes off the bench and helps out. But yeah. I do think that Desmond Bain just—he's got a spot in the NBA. He—he he definitely deserved to be a first-round pick. He's. Well-rounded, yes, he doesn't have the greatest vitals in terms of, like, wingspan and, like, overall, like, height. But, like, he can shoot the ball. He can play defense. He's a hustle guy. He's a team player. Like, definitely can help the team win. And Memphis is very lucky to have him because I was real grumpy for a little while after he went and the Mavericks had 31. Ethan has been like big time sad boy season with what the Mavericks ended up going Yeah, with. where's the rant? I want the I, rant tonight. I was not happy. Rant. With Let how we handled our situation today, I will say that. I I was going in with so much expectation, and we traded away Seth Curry for Josh Richardson, which I do not think is a good trade. I will stand by that. Maybe I'll eat my words. I generally tend to because I get all fired up for no reason, and then I ended up eating my words later because everyone here is smarter than me. <laughs> but, yes, I do not necessarily love the trade that we made today. Not super high on the, green, on the uh, Arizona guy that we picked, Josh Green. He's a good defender and everything, but I thought we had better players on the board. Sadiq Bey was the guy I was really high on, and we let him go. And I was 
all about it. Tom's over here pumping his fist. You have every right to be. Sadiq Bey is a great player, and I think he'll turn out to be better than Josh Green. Mavs don't really play second-round picks very much, so maybe Tyrell Terry or Tyler Bay will crack into the rotation. We'll see. But hey, next Brunson. In the grand scheme of things, like, yes, Brunson. Name. I was literally looking back. I cannot think of another second-round pick that the Mavs picked that we played in a long time. So not very much high expectations for our second-round picks, but uh, definitely definitely not happy with what the Mavs did today. Hopefully, Hopefully I'm eating my words here in a little bit. I think you will be. I, I, I like Josh Green. I think that he's... I mean, you guys clearly prioritize defense. Because yes. you needed to. It's, <laughs> a big, <laughs> it's a big defensive day today, but I, I do think Luka needs some help on the offensive end, and I think losing Seth Curry is going to be definitely a, uh, a tough pill to swallow come, uh, come time we take the court, especially without KP for the first month and a half of the season or so. No, that's fair. That's that's totally fair, and as I understand that, as a Mavs fan, you're kind of probably hoping for something big to happen in this draft, and then as the time went by, you just kind of made more picks, and you are bringing in three rookies, and Carlisle's not the best he guy. Play he doesn't he like playing. He doesn't. Like he also rookies. doesn't like like rookies. Like there's <laughs> not people. a there's not a rookie that out there. Like Carlisle needs to be polished, ready to go, and like a, a professional when you walk in the door. That's why Jalen Brunson played is because he was a four-year guy, yeah. polished, professional, just good. And uh, you, 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 you rookies on the Mavs better better be ready to play because Carlisle is ruthless to rookies. <laughs> I um I had also thought about, I had also thought about this too, but just the value of Josh Richardson the, the last year has dropped so much. He was the main asset in the in the Butler trade, and now he's getting traded for Seth Curry. That's kind of it, which is just a. And, and again, a I, major decrease in value. I, I stand by it. I think I think we lo- we lost that trade, and I don't think I'm alone in people thinking that. No, if you look I, at his splits. You look at the the impact he had on the court last year. I think Seth Curry is a much better player than Josh Richardson, which is why they had to attach a second round pick in that deal. I think Terry will compensate a little bit, but I mean that he's like, like he is a rookie, and, and it like will take time for him to grow into like a a full role for the Mavs probably next year. So. Absolutely. But enough about my Mavs. I'll rant about them another day, I promise. (laughs) Let's talk about the second round here, which literally just finished up about a couple of minutes ago. We will, they're actually, we're looking at the TV right now. They're talking about Clay Thompson's injury, which is another topic we'll get into on Sunday. Sunday's podcast will just be a recap of everything going on, get as many people caught up as we can, walking through everything. But right now, we're just reacting. Second round picks. Give me your favorite pick in the second round. And give me someone who could be an impact starter day one that someone found in the, the second, second round. round. Oh, yes. you're asking a lot here. Um, well, it's got to be CJ Ellaby for the Portland Trailblazers. So, the only pick that we made. And I'd be lying if I knew who this guy was before we made the pick. Been watching some tapes since. I'm bought in. He is Afro Man. I love CJ Ellaby. Uh, uh, honestly, actually, who I think is going to be a, a contributor in the second round... Um, is going to be Jordan Nuara. Yeah, going to the Milwaukee Bucks. The he's a stretch four. He's a fill it up kind of guy. He was one of the dudes who I wouldn't have been surprised if someone took him in the first round, even though he was projected for the second round. I think that he's a good fit for what Milwaukee wants, and especially since they just shipped out DJ Wilson, he'll probably uh, see some minutes coming in, even as a second round rookie this year. Uh, I'd say for me, probably the best value for the second round is probably Xavier Tillman at 35 going to the Kings. I mean, he was just 
Um, a do-it-all kind of guy, Michigan State. Um, they're talking tonight. Um, a lot of Draymond Green comps for him. He can definitely come in there and you know um, get some boards, get some assists, play good defense. He was Big Ten um, um, DPOY last year. He's just a good defender. Um, he can definitely um, um, eat some minutes for the Kings as they try and get back into um, some kind of relevancy there in the West. Quick note: I think they went to the Grizzlies. Who Tillman? Yeah, Xavier oh, Tillman really? at thirty-five. I don't know what, I, I, what I I'm looking at. Kings. I, I have him to the Grizzlies, and this is like. Oh yeah, it says post-draft analysis is going to the Grizzlies. Well, oh, well, that's I even better. More of these even better. I think so that, fucking confusing. Um, that's why that's probably more thing that uh, he's on the the uh, um um Grizz because he's just um a good you know Spartan dog that they like to say up there. He'll just be a good defender for them and um. I'll just help them out a lot. So there we, we go. Are, we are doing our best here, but literally, the, the, these teams are flopping picks all over the place. Like they're we're, drafting we're, every we're, two we're minutes. And by the, trades every like like minute and a half. We just yeah, we're, we're flying right. by the yeah. seat of our pants here. And there's trades going on like after the draft ends too. People yeah. are still swapping players. So bear with us as we try to hang in there. Again, this is live. We are literally just kind of rolling through it. Um, there's a lot of guys here that we had going in the first round of our mock draft that fell the second round. How do you feel about these guys? We got Burning Carey, Theo <laughs> Maladin, um, Robert Woodard, Woodard, Tyrell Terry, like, J- J- wow, Ramsey. We're just going to say Ramsey. <laughs> oh, we did have um, Ramsey. Yeah, like, and, and even guys like Nico Mannion who, like, went, who are supposed to be, like, high draft picks. Where do you guys think these guys go? Or not, where do you, what do you guys think these guys do and, like, What's their impact? Well, I think that two really good picks here in the uh, early second round were Tyrell Terry and Theo Maladon. Both I assumed were going to be going in the first round, but I think the Mavs got a – I don't know if he's going to replace Seth Curry, but he's definitely (laughs) a playmaker and shot 40% from three in college. And I think that he – I mean, whether he actually plays in his rookie year or not uh, with the Mavericks, I think that he's a really good player. I also think uh, Theo Maladon, who went to the 76ers, is Thunder. also... 76ers and then recently traded to the Thunder. Again, you didn't know that, Mitch? Come on. We're flying back. Reportedly traded to the Thunder. Yes, as of, as of <laughs> Very a few, unprofessional, Mitch. As of a few minutes ago, was traded to the Thunder. So Anyways, he'll there. go to the Thunder. He'll probably start for them or something. I don't know. <laughs> But no, I really, it's I really, what are you doing? <laughs> start for the Thunder. About this. Literally, we're look, we're looking on our phone as like a live updated thing of like where people are, and it's just updating by the minute. There's absolute it's, anarchy it's in this just in this app right now, especially in the second round. The yeah. second round is just all over the place. Um, here's the thing. Like, let's let's go back to the lottery here. Let's go. Let's let's shift. Thank gears. God, let's, we know. Yes, we know those picks. Let's go back to where people aren't moving. We've talked about the second round, and the second round's too confusing to talk about right now. Let's go back to the lottery here. Is there any just major surprises in the top 10? Like who in your mind in the top 10 could be like was a big surprise tonight? Jalen Smith. Yeah, you got it. Uh, Jalen Smith, I actually love him. He's a really good, big defensive guy. He can shoot as well, correct? Yeah, he can pop. Mm-hmm. He can pop. He can pick and, and, sh- pop. He can pick and pop. Yeah. He's 6'11", 240, 250, I believe. So he's just a big body they can throw down there. Uh I really liked him back when he was going to be uh, – uh, I thought he was going to go in the late mid-late 20s. Uh, Tom can probably talk a little bit more about him, but I thought that was a really interesting pick that's actually going to work out. Suns have a weird thing of drafting guys early. I guess who they have last year, Cam, Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson, not terrible. Who actually who plays Turned out well. Yeah. yeah. I think um, – we haven't talked about this guy yet. Um, so Obi Toppin did get drafted eight to the Knicks, and we did joke about before that the Knicks got – like their 20th power forward to the roster. I don't know 
how that works with like Randall Robinson and, and um, who else is there? But we'll see. They, Bobby Portis. Yeah, Bobby. Jeez, Bo- yeah, Bobby Portis is there. <laughs> Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randall. Um, yeah, but just um, they take positionless to a whole new level and be like, we're all gonna just play the same position. Just put five power forwards <laughs> out there. It's position. They must still think that like Pat Rod is coaching them like in 1995 or something with, <laughs> with like uh, with Ewing and Starks and those guys. But I mean. They're pumped to have him, so I mean, I think he's a good player. We'll see how they try and uh, incorporate him into their system. So, and judging by his reaction, we were, in all in all fairness and honesty, Mitch and I were on the air doing a show earlier today, and we had it on in the corner, so we were kind of half paying attention to the, at least the first probably twenty picks, and then we came back and did a bunch of research. Yeah. But, uh, the um, when we when we saw Obi Toppin get picked, he was very emotional, very excited to be a Nick, which. Can't say that about a lot of people right now, but uh, I mean, Mitch, you said this is where Obi Toppin's career ends, so I would like to hear you elaborate on that. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. He's playing for the New York Knicks next year, and so if you're drafted by the Knicks, you're probably not going to have a good career. Now, I mean, that's fairly facetious, but I do, I actually really like Obi Toppin. I am nervous about the fact that they have so many forwards, so many like power forwards, and so where does he actually fit in? Are they going to force him to play small forward? Are they going to put him in a position that he doesn't like want to be in or like fit best in? I'm nervous that the Knicks don't have a very good developmental staff. Like they haven't. I mean, Mitchell Robinson has turned out pretty good, and I still have hopes out for R.J. Barrett, but Neil Akina hasn't turned out very well. Kevin Knox hasn't turned out very well. And I really want Toppin to go somewhere else. I knew that the Knicks were high on him. I knew that Toppin wanted to be wanted to play for New York. Uh, but I, I'll be honest, like I'm not super excited about the whole uh, Obi Toppin thing to the Knicks. I hope that he ends up having a better career than or a good career overall. I hope he does end up turning into. I don't know some sort of like star for them or something. Maybe he fits pretty well next to RJ. But they have to like. They're going to have to, like, trade some pieces and kind of refigure their roster because I really like Toppin. I think that he could be a good fit for them if they kind of reconstruct, like, what they're doing there. But overall, I I now think that Toppin will not be successful in the NBA because he plays for the Knicks. Um, also, knowing Tom Thibodeau, um, Toppin will either be playing, like, 35 minutes a night in their seven-man um, rotation or getting, like, Two minutes a night, so it'll just really depend on, on um, what um, Tom Thibodeau's plan is for um, um, his career this year, I guess. So we'll see what happens with that. All right, so we're going to take a break here, as is custom on our podcast, and let's get into another talk about this whiskey. I can confidently say Mitch is on his third, fourth, the start of glass. the third. Just started the third. Um, I'm a chunk of my way through my second. Mitch or uh, Jay and Tom have yet to fill up, so we're. we're I'm at we're, the bottom of the first. So at the bottom, of, can I get you a refill then? Um, sure. That you, is you not a confident. To. Yes, you don't have Tom. to. No, not everything on this Maybe podcast is going to be good. Maybe I'll decide. Tom, Tom's going to Tom pour right now. All right. Do you want to know what the professionals have to say about the flavor? I'm not it's where you say yes. Yes, <laughs> I would love to. And also, yeah, on Tom and I's defense, I poured it very high and strong for us the first time. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so they say that a lot of like the flavors that you should be getting is there's a lot of tobacco and there's oak, there's menthol. some cherries. Menthol. They're, they don't say menthol, but I got menthol. I get menthol. I'm not going to lie. It might be the drunker I'm getting, but... The more I drink this, the more I like it. The easier it is to drink, the drunker you get, which is a bit easier. of a dangerous combination. I will say my ice cubes have melted, which isn't hurting the situation, but 
I, I can say that this definitely has a lot of flavor. Um, it definitely has the most bite of anything we've had on the podcast so far, by far. It's also low key. Like I know you guys can't see it, but if you look it up, the packaging is pretty nice. It I'm is sure nice. We, I'm sure we can uh, post something on. I guess I think we already posted something Mac, on our Instagram. Yeah. But oh, also shameless plug: we have an Instagram, we have a Twitter. Follow us if you made it this far. Probably should have said this earlier, and we'll say it earlier in the next podcast. But team underscore morale underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Give us a follow. Twitter It'll is at up. team morale pod. Oh, yeah. maybe okay. I should at change team. it to match match our Instagram. <laughs> we should probably. It's probably a better call. But follow us on on Instagram and Twitter. Tom runs our our Twitter page. Mac, my girlfriend, runs our Instagram page. She is awesome. She was posting all sorts of fire she stories and stuff tonight. She posted all 30 picks. All 30 that first round stamina, picks. And which, trivia. And trivia today. Trivia. We, need, we need to – hats off to you, Mac, if you've made it this far on the podcast, which you probably haven't because, you know, we ramble a lot here. <laughs> but if you've made it this far, shout out to you. This moment's for you. Appreciate all you do for us. And uh, our, our Instagram's pretty fire. Our Twitter had some hot takes tonight. Some funny takes more than hot takes. I don't know. <laughs> Twitter, our Twitter had a lot of Pistons content <laughs> going on tonight. <laughs> a whole lot of Pistons content. Tom, any any thoughts? On I that? mean, the Pistons made a lot of moves since Monday. I don't know if they're better or worse, but since a Monday, they have gotten Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, Deke Bay, something called Saban Lee. The corpse, of Trevor Ariza, the corpse of Trevor Ariza. Landry Shamit, who has to be so mad. He's coming from the Clippers to the Pistons. And Tony Bradley, while only losing Bruce Brown, Luke Kennard, a super a um a first round pick that has like five protections on it, so that's a good sign. And um once they round on cash, so I mean we didn't lose that many assets and just got a bunch of stuff I don't know what to do with. I don't think Trevor Ariza will be here by the time the season starts. Um this team still is bad, but I think they're more interesting at least, which um, like um, gives me hope and just sort of gives me um, more of a uh, reason to follow than when the day started today. So I feel a little better. That's all I can ask for for being a Pistons fan right now. Good for ladies' man, Tom. Yeah. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but Landry Shamit went to the Nets. Oh, really? Oh, man. Well, yeah, that's fine. He did. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was going to get one of those wrong. There's just too many assets. There's a lot moving on so today. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who's starting for the two then, but that's, I mean, that's why we'll still be bad in a year. That's okay. We'll just keep, we'll just keep getting good draft picks. <laughs> hey, but you've got Trevor I mean, Sha- Ariza. I mean, Shaman's not make or break anyways. Yeah, I didn't like Matt much of the Pistons anyways. Who'd you end up to, was that the uh, Sadiq Bay pick? I think it was. That trade. Yeah, for Kennard, yeah. For Kennard. So I think it's going to turn out to be a good trade for you yeah. anyways. Yeah. But anyways, going back to the whiskey, it's good. Um... It burns. <laughs> the experts over there really bringing in their, their full scope of analysis. I, I have, it's good and it burns. That's all I have to say. Okay, I actually really like it. I I get where they are saying like the it burns thing because there is like a lot of oaky flavor and there is a lot of spice on the back end of it. But overall, I, I do like it. I think that there is just enough sugar to just enough bite on it to where I, I mean, I'm on my third glass. I'm having a good time over here. <laughs> I love it. 
I feel like every podcast we say either it hurts or it burns or has a kick to it. So maybe we need to try and like find some new like words or just be more manlier next time for these podcasts. All right, not, next time, not, next t- next not podcast, so it's the no ice podcast. <laughs> we are drinking it without ice. It's the Bear Girls podcast. <laughs> We're gonna Bear Girls it out here to Survivor Man it. I'm gonna get no the ice. hardest to drink whiskey that I can find. Then we're going the No Ice podcast. <laughs> You've heard it here first. We will make sure that that is a thing. Anyone is welcome to drink along with us. We we dent, we generally post hints on what we're drinking on our Instagram and on our Twitter. Um, so if you follow us there, you you'll be able to maybe guess what we're drinking. And we're pretty responsive too. So if you uh, if you add us or tweet us or comment on our stuff, we'll pretty pretty much always respond. Yeah, we'll definitely respond. Good shameless plug there. Well, we won't. But <laughs> the <laughs> other Tom, people who Tom run it. Okay, so one thing I did want to talk about... All right, so going back to basketball, right? Back to yeah, basketball. Okay, cool. Back to basketball. Now. Um, see, see, that was a little bit of booze, a little bit of beer, and a whole lot of basketball. Maybe we flipped them tonight. <laughs> but, you, know. you guys had a lot of takes on how harsh this was. Um, okay, one thing I did want to talk about tonight before we kind of glossed over it was number one overall pick, Anthony Edwards, and overall, how do you feel like the Timberwolves did tonight? I mean, they came in with a lot of expectations. I think, in my opinion, they took best available at one. There's a lot of question marks in this draft in terms of people trying to figure out who was the best, who was going number one. I think the fit's there. I think they made a lot of good trades. Getting Ricky Rubio back on that team in the trade today, like their roster actually looks good. And as a Mavs fan, I'm worried because they're making a push for the playoffs. The Suns are making a push for the playoffs. They are definitely in a dangerous position. I thought their uh, pick in the, I think it was 23 of Leandro Bulmaro was kind of an interesting pick. Is he supposed to come over and play this year? I don't know. I think that he very well could have stayed in Europe. He's playing for Barcelona, which is a team that I'm sure he's happy to continue to play for for another year or two if he had to. Um, so ESPN says he will um, be stashed in Europe next year. Okay. Okay. Well, then so there you go. Sorry, I mean, does isn't necessarily a bad thing no. because they have a lot of guards. But I mean, if you look at their lineup, they have Rubio, they have D'Lo, they have Culver. Still, they still have Cat. Obviously, they have um, James Johnson. They have a lot of guys who can like fill a lot of different roles on that team. And they they got Josh Kogi. They have like some de- decent depth on their bench as well. I I feel unsure about the Timberwolves as a whole uh, how they did in this draft because Anthony Edwards I I'm sure from what I heard uh, Rosas who is the GM of the Timberwolves was trying to ship out this number one pick to anybody and everybody and was literally waiting to the last second to do it and just couldn't find anyone to really take it up. So I think they went with Edwards, who they thought was probably the best fit for what they had and also just an amazing talent. But I read something uh, today about how Anthony Edwards doesn't take basketball that seriously and that football is his number one sport and he would change in his heartbeat if he could and he never really watches basketball. And that raises a lot of concerns for me as a number one overall pick. I mean, you can have all of the physical intangibles i mean it makes me think of almost going back to like a michael beasley who in all like everything pointed to him being a good basketball player but just like didn't have the headspace for it and so i'm a little worried about edwards and then picking bulmaro seemed a little i don't know at this point pointless because he isn't going to be playing for you next year and you're trying to get better 
as soon as you can because you don't want Cat to leave. I mean, yes, but also I don't think their timetable is next year. I mean, I think that they are in a position where they're like a couple years away. They have, I mean, all their good young play, all their players are still like young. Like, I mean, Cat and Dilo are still young. You know, Rubio is probably their elder statesman there, and he's still, you know, played overseas for a while, so doesn't have a lot of tread on his tires, and he's still his game doesn't revolve around him being like uber uberly athletic or anything. Like, they they play smart. I mean, yes, I it's an interesting pick, and it's a it's definitely a stash away pick for later. But if you if you look at his game, I mean, you talked about him in, in the podcast last week. You, you liked his game a lot. Yeah, I mean, he's a bigger guy that I compared him kind of to Evan Turner, but he's a bigger guy that can is really good at playmaking and is an athletic guy for six foot seven and has like a very good vision on the court. Uh, so I do like Bulmaro, and if he does, maybe he can come in next year or a year after that and make an immediate impact. But if I'm the Thunder or if I'm the Timberwolves right now, I'm kind of trying to pick guys to come into my roster next year, which is why I'm actually a big fan of Jaden McDaniels. Yeah, and I think for the the Wolves too, they probably could have gotten someone like Bain or Terry who could have helped out just um, right off the bat next year. Would have been um, more of a fit, but who knows? I guess their backcourt's pretty loaded though. Between who is it? They've got Malik Beasley. I know is there now, who's a restricted free agent. They've got D'Lo. They now have Anthony Edwards, Okogi, Josh Okogi's. Mm-hmm. He's a guard. Right? There's Rubio. no backup point guard Rubio. though. Rubio. It's, it's Rubio's their backup point guard now. Oh, it is now. You're right. That's I bet you Rubio starts for them. Would be my guess. So I you put Edwards at the three. Three. I would bet, I bet say roll Edwards at the three. I bet you okay. they roll Edwards, D'Lo, uh, or wow, Rubio, D'Lo, Edwards. At this point, probably James Johnson, and then you probably roll Cat at the five. Yeah, would be my guess. Maybe Jaden McDaniels. I actually see Jaden McDaniels being a really good fit next to Cat as a uh, a really athletic defensive like first four. Did Jaden have kind of those same concerns of being like a not very in the basketball kind of yeah, guy? Yeah, he's kind of a knucklehead. Yeah, we we talked about him a lot in our last or in our podcast last week, and he. Uh, we talked about how he had the physical attributes being good and had the game, but the, the headspace just isn't there. And so a couple of questionable picks here for the um, Wasn't he the one the who had six texts last year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was him. Okay, I just want to make sure. Yeah, very, very, I'm, very questionable I'm pick. not sure if Timberwolves have the uh, right culture there to help <laughs> those guys out either. And they have a young coach who doesn't always create that scenario either. No, no, not very good for real Oh, Killian Flynn wasn't drafted. Sorry. I just yeah, let's talk about that, that for a second. He actually, I just... I just saw it, too. That's why I thought okay. of that on Twitter. Yeah. He's going to the, uh, so that's the Grizz. What... All right. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, Killing Tilly undrafted is kind of just an interesting tidbit. I mean, you had him going, I had him in, going, the going first in the first round. Yeah. I, that's every, a steal. Everything, so everything I saw was that he was probably going to be like an early second, and the fact that he slipped all the way out of the second and now is a two-way player for the Grizzlies... Another good move by yeah, the Grizz, Grizz tonight. The Grizzlies Grizz definitely doing well. So let's talk about teams doing well. Each of you go through who won the draft tonight. What team coming out of this is like, wow, they won the draft? I think from a value standpoint, I just love the Kings getting Halliburton at 12 and um, um, Tillman at, at what, what um, 35. Or no, that was the Grizzlies pick. Ah, oh, it doesn't matter anymore. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Oh, did that again. All right, uh, all right. I'm just so Someone intrigued by Tillman, apparently. Someone Tom figures his yeah, stuff I'm, out. I, I'm, I'm panicking not, now. I'm not ready yet either. I do want to ask Tom, where do you think uh, Marcus Howard goes? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Can I ask it's who Marcus knows. Howard is? <laughs> <laughs> he was a stud on Marquette last year, but um, I was about to say, too, is that 
there's no summer league, so guys are gonna get screwed this offseason because they have no ch like um like chance to like prove themselves and make a roster in the next couple weeks before the actual season starts too. So I uh, I I really like your Kings pick there. Uh, taking Tyrese Halliburton is gonna fit really well next to De'Aaron Fox in the starting lineup, and it'll be a good fit. My, I mean, I said it earlier in the podcast, and I stick to it, and I'm glad that you weren't biased and did it, Tom, but I think the Pistons won. I was very, very high on Killian Hayes. I was very, very high on Sadiq Bey. I was not on Isaiah Stewart. I'm not either, don't worry. <laughs> but maybe he turns out to be a good big guy for you guys, but just the two picks of Hayes and Sadiq Bey, I think, are two immediate starters for you, and yeah, they kind of do different things where Hayes like is really good at creator, and Bey is going to be a really good glue guy, 3 and D roll guy. Uh, my my winner of the draft this year goes to the Detroit Pistons. God, that's just that's I think another so team. Happy. <laughs> I, I think another team that did really well today was the Memphis Grizzlies, getting Bane, yeah. getting Robert Woodard, a team coming in without a first round pick, coming out of it with those two guys who could definitely make an impact next year. Are is definitely maybe not the winners of the draft, but the most improved because they came in with literally nothing and they left with two solid role players and Killian Tilly. And killing Tilly, Tilly, I guess. Too. Yeah, yeah that's after, after the draft. And again, since we are live, we are literally getting updates as we go, which is probably why we sound a little disjointed and all over the place. But overall, hey, first live podcast down, everybody. I hope we all had a little fun. Shout out to Old Dominic's, which was something. We drank it. Uh, we got through probably two-thirds of the bottle between the four of us, which is... Uh, you know, something to be proud of, but yeah. uh, sure, most of it was me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mitch, for drinking the alcohol for us tonight. Uh, shout out to our first podcast, our first live podcast, and uh, have a good night, everybody. Cheers, another one down. There we go. Cheers, cheers. cheers.